Greetings, Doug. Greetings, Karen. Did you dial D for Doug on this call? I did, because we're going to go dial M for Melrose. Indeed. The most non-Hitchcockian episode they could do with a Hitchcockian title. Although there was a, there was a there was a big fall from a big fall from a long distance that was kind of Hitchcockian. I guess that's true. Perhaps. And, and there is someone talking on the phone. There uh, multiple times. Yeah. More than once. So okay, there we go. Here In we. Fact, we don't even have to, like, uh, kill much time before we get to the big fall, do we? No, we don't. It happens basically at the cold open, right? Yeah, which is we pick up from when we left off with last week's cliffhanger, which is Amanda is in Jack Parisi's uh, mansion, which, by the way, did you notice the address? They'll give it in a couple minutes. Is it in your notes? No, I missed it. It's 716 or 761, something like that. Scenic Drive. I love it. Does that mean something? No, just like, uh, that's not like a real street name. Scenic Drive. Oh, yes, I live at 100 Pretty View. <laughs> no, I feel like Scenic Drive is a thing. Is it a real street? I is think it, a- it might be a real street. Is what? A street? One, one must now look this up. Well, Hold I'm Wikipediaing it. Hold on. Hold on. Oh my god, everything dinged at once. I can't get to where I'm going. Um, oh no. Oh, scenic no. Drive, oh. Los Angeles. Well, you can get the best Scenic Drive. Well, there's a Scenic Ave. Oh. There is a Scenic Ave. There's a La Jolla Scenic Drive in San Diego. And there's a Scenic Drive, I think, in Newport. Oh, really? What? And I bet it is Scenic. In, there's a, let me see, Scenic Drive, Newport Beach. Newport Beach? Or is that Scenic? It's so hard to find this because it's like the best Scenic Drive or Scenic Drive. Full pronoun, yeah. Uh, but there is there is a Scenic Avenue or Scenic whatever, but yeah. Well, so, all of which is to say, here Amanda is in the trap Jack set for her at his mansion. Yes. And when she realizes that he has lured her in and he's like, you're my wife and I'm not going to let you go, what does she do? She runs upstairs. <laughs> not for the door. She's never seen a horror movie. She runs upstairs. Well, in a horror movie, she had to run for the basement. No, they run upstairs. They run for the basement. No, they're often trapped in the basement. Because they ran for the basement. <laughs> I see what you did there. You All see right, what I did. Okay, so yeah, she runs upstairs and straight into the bedroom, which is exactly where he yeah, wanted her. Exactly, and this mansion has how many rooms? Yeah, straight into the master bedroom. Mm-hmm. With apparently her 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 wedding night, her honeymoon nighty, <laughs> laying on the bed. Yeah. So figure this was ninety five, and she's been presumed dead for five years. They were probably married in what, like eighty four, eighty five, eighty six, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question. I have an answer. I have a question about the mansion. Is the mansion supposed to look exactly like the mansion in Miami? I don't think it's supposed to. I think it's probably just how their set designers work. Okay, because I I keep looking at this thing going, wasn't that the house in Miami? Do you mean the exterior? Both. 
Mostly the interior, though. Um, I just remember, like, the living room foyer area when Brooke was there, actually. Okay, because I'm just, it just was in such, like, Miami vice looking taste going on, and that carried over into L.A. Um, I feel like they look different. Okay. I didn't pay close attention in Miami, for sure, in episode two or whatever it was, but I, I feel like they're different. But both are, like, tastelessly opulent, so I could see why you might equate the two. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway. So he chases her into this bedroom. He grabs her, and, and he starts being creepy, and she, yeah. like, fights her way away from him, and, and, and he smacks her real hard and basically sends her across the room. Yes. And so now right. she's, like... Well, fire poker uh, holder. Oh, wait. What? Fire poker holder? I missed that. Yeah, that's where, because she she picks herself up after he knocks her into the corner of the room, and she whacks him in the leg with a fire poker. Oh, I thought she just hit him. I didn't realize she hit him in the leg with a fire poker. Yeah, and that's what causes him to fall, and that's when she makes a run for it out of the bedroom, close to, I guess, the landing is what we'll call it. Right. Um, and he's able to pick himself up, and go after her. And I can't remember if he actually hits her again before he runs over the landing and plummets a thousand feet from the upstairs to the downstairs over the chandelier. Yes. So he he sort of charges her out of the bedroom. And then like you said, I it was like it was like he just flung himself over the banister. Yeah, like like he was becoming an American werewolf or something. He like he like fueled by that much hate that he was an animal about it, um, and basically launches himself over, <laughs> and then crashes into the chandelier on the way down in beautiful slow mo. Yeah, and smash. He's laying face down on the ground. Amanda is twenty stories up, staring at the <laughs> carnage below. And she's totally freaked out. So do you know what she does? She dials P for Peter. She calls Peter. What? Right. Who has been the person she's been trying to, like, shrug off for the last seven episodes? Peter. Yeah, Peter. I mean, that was, I was like, wait, what? 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 The first call we're going to make is going to be Peter. Right. So. He's the only one who can help. You know who she should have called? Michael. Matt. Well, Matt. Yeah, we'll get to Matt. No one else will, but we'll get to Matt. We'll get to Matt. We love Matt. We well, do. Who, no one else does. Anyway. Who should she, should Allison? Should she have called Allison? No, I said Jake. Oh. Okay. Yes, I know Jake has his own storyline going on, but Jake is my one call. Really? Yeah. Now, why would Jake be your one call? Because I think he's a do-right man who will help you in any situation. Including hiding a body. Yeah, but I don't think... I mean, I think if Jake got there, he would do what Peter did, which is say, did you call an ambulance? And then Amanda would say no. And he would say, we have to call an ambulance. But I, the difference is Jake would not tell Amanda to run home and hide. Um, Jake would be like, yeah, just tell him what happened. People fall off high floors all the time and land, and sometimes they die. <laughs> yeah, Jake would do that. 
No, but Peter is like, Amanda, go home. Yeah, that's exactly what he says. He's like, I got this. And I love it that he shows up and he rings the bell. <laughs> like, you would think you'd just, like, charge right in after a phone call like that. Well, in fairness, this is the kind of house that I would assume had a butler. So maybe just to cover his bases, if there was a butler there who didn't see the mess, um, he was trying to do the right thing. Well, and also, if I was Amanda, I would be outside pacing. Yeah. Also, if I was Amanda, I would have not showed up. Right. Well, I love that moment. They're standing over the body and Amanda's like, is he dead? Yeah. And Peter's like, no, not yet. And she's like, damn. I know. I know. She's like, damn. She makes that face again later on, as we'll get to. I know. She does. So anyway, Peter basically, there was an awful lot of info dumping, by the way, in this in this episode. And so. But Peter still doesn't know anything about what's going on, which is how disconnected he is, which is why we didn't need him coming in. But, but anyway, so, but he's here, so we have to make the best of it. We do. This is what we do. So he basically explains to Amanda, go home. I'm going to take him on as a patient and hope no other doctor tries to examine him. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that works, Peter. But good plan. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's the plan. And um, that's what that's what they're going to do. Right. So that means we'll have lots of time in the hospital coming up. Yes. There's a lot of hospital scenes. So, okay. Should we just... Keep going through with our main story? Yeah, I think so. Why right. not? All right. I mean, but... there is some Kimberly mixed in. So should we leave Kimberly till the end? Yeah, actually, I think we can because it, like, lifts out enough. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So, so Peter is, like, doing his doctor thing at the hospital, and Amanda just doesn't take direction very well. Correct. Because she shows up. After Peter told her to go home. Yeah, after Peter's like, the one thing you should do is stay as far away from this mess as possible. She's like, okay, I'm here. Here I am in the middle of the mess. And he, so he chews her out about being there. And then he goes through his spiel about how he needs to be the only doctor to examine him. And um, he makes Amanda tell him the truth. That, those are my, in my notes. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. And so, and so we finally get the info dump for Peter's sake. Of how Jack has is dangerous has dangerous and powerful family and friends. That's why she couldn't leave him, and uh, all about how she faked her death. And there's an insurance payout issue. Fraud. Yeah. This is so convoluted because how can she get a divorce? Right, but also if if what's his name Jack's family is so dangerous and powerful, how did no one realize that she's been alive all this time? In a high-profile job, even with a, and with her maiden name, right? Mm-hmm. So this is what happens when you invent stories one minute ago, guys. And they make no sense. Is that a yawn? Is it was. Sorry. Sleep? Sorry. Y'all are keeping me okay. up. Or am I? <laughs> so after this info dump moment, that lawyer, Jack, uh, Jack's lawyer, shows up. And Peter makes up the story to tell the lawyer, and the lawyer's the look on the lawyer's face is just like, oh, no, I don't believe you. Yeah, every single thing the lawyer says is it's opposite day. He's like, oh, how terrible <laughs> what, that, that would happen. <laughs> you have my sympathy. Right. So, you know, now, now there are a couple, like, after this moment, a few scenes played out elsewhere, other storylines. 
And then we're back in the hospital again. So I, I, I have no idea what the passage of time is here for all of this in the hospital. I guess it doesn't really matter, but has it been a day? Has it been an hour? I don't think it's a lot of time, though. Okay. I, mean, I think the whole episode is probably like 48 hours worth of time. Okay. Cause, but the Melrose time warp, so. Right, right. So Jack's all mummied up in his room when Amanda goes to visit him. What happened to staying away, Amanda? Yeah. Oh, she doesn't take directions. Well, I don't know. Somehow the guy who, like, is clinging to life snaps out of his coma and talks to her like completely lucid yeah not just like completely lucid but again like real menacing yeah Even like he should be in a vegetative state yeah, yeah yeah or like you know babbling incoherently but instead he's talking about how if she leaves him he's gonna have to kill her yeah and then peter walks in and the guy's passed out again how yeah and i thought it was gonna be like there was gonna be a clue that he was faking it like, when Amanda's in the room, he's alive and uh, cognizant. And when he other people are there, he's, like, faking a coma or whatever. No. But, like, there was no, like, scene where he, like, winks at the camera when Peter leaves. He seems to, like, time it exactly so that he loses consciousness again once Amanda is not alone with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, when Peter walks in, Amanda's like, Jack woke up. and But he's asleep now. Right. Right. <laughs> So, and then it seems like that's just there for them to walk out so that Michael can see them walking out of that room. That's it, because if you were saying, where's Michael in all this? He's here. Oh, he's at the hospital, and he witnesses Amanda and Peter walking out of the room, and he thinks it's very curious, so he wants to know who that patient is. That's right. Which, odd that, like, after having been to the 100th, uh, or the We Survived the Melrose bombing party, he didn't already know. Well, he didn't know who the patient was. Oh, 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 gotcha. Yeah. So he makes a point to find out who the patient is, and he decides that once he finds out it's Jack, he decides he's going to be Jack's doctor, not Peter, and that the lawyer retained Michael as the doctor. I don't know that lawyers can do that, or doctors can be retained. I don't really think it's a thing, but okay. But okay, in Melrose Place it is. Yeah, and so absolutely. Peter's like, you don't know what you're talking about. You need to stay away. And Michael basically thinks Peter's the one that put the guy in the hospital. Yeah. 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 So, so, but what does Michael get from all of this? Dollar signs. He's like, all right, Amanda and Peter are in cahoots on something. They tried to kill this guy. Let me try and extort them. Is that what you think it is? Well, because that's what Amanda thinks it is. I think that's where he's going with it. Okay. Okay. But we never get that far. Well, I think we do, and we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, 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 um. See, now this is where Michael is sort of crossing over. Is, um, is, is this the scene where he's driving home, or is this the scene when he comes to Amanda? Um, because at some point, oh wait, I must have, oh, my notes are all screwed up. Hold on guys. Trying to see where I am here. Cause I think, I feel like I skipped a, sk- skipped a spot. I think there's a scene where Michael talks to Peter and then there's a scene where Michael shows up at Amanda's apartment. 
Right, and I can't. I it seems like I can't find where Michael talked to Peter. I mean, uh, there's. I mean, it was two seconds. So Michael, so Peter catches Michael telling a nurse to like run an MRI on Jack Parisi, and Peter's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And Michael's like, "I know you guys are doing something weird." Yeah. And in between the two scenes, Michael shows up to Amanda's apartment where, like, it's the only time we ever see her, like, at her bedroom window. Which has, she's got, like, a wind machine going on. And she's, like, expecting Michael. She goes, Peter told me that you had a conversation, so I knew you were coming. And right. that's when she's, like, so what's your price? And she goes right. through, for the third leading actor on the show, her history of abuse with Jack Parisi. Um uh, each time being like, you know, like, like largely convincing on Heather Locklear's part. Um, and and she's like, so how much money will it take for your silence? How, and she says it, I think, twice in that scene. And he's like, I used to be a good man who loved you. It won't take any money. He's Peter's patient or something to that effect. Right. And and he said that he wouldn't cause any trouble and his official report to the lawyer would be that the wounds are consistent with a fall. And I'm like and she's like, You'd lie you'll lie for me and he's like, Yes. But he did fall. It's not a lie. Right. I thought that was really weird. Um, I actually thought it was really sweet. I like it when characters with history... Oh, no, no, no. I thought it was lovely what he did, and I liked that moment, but I just felt like that when they were like, it was, wounds are consistent with a fall. I'll lie for you. And I'm like, you're not lying. Just pull me right out of it. Um, yeah, but either way, he's saying like, okay, I'm going to vouch for you, and I'm not going to cause any more trouble. Right, but this is just... It's just sloppy. It's just sloppy. It's the sloppy writing that's kind of starting to grate on me. Yeah, I would imagine this is not the worst example of sloppy writing. Well, <laughs> no, but, you know, it's starting to grate on me. I, you mm. know, I mean, you can, I, I mean, look, they're making up backstories that were never there. You know, all of a sudden, you know, Amanda is like, you know, a woman in hiding, but not really, you know, like there, but okay, fine, fine, fine. But then this, like, okay, I'll lie for you. His wounds are consistent with a fall. The man did fall. What are you talking about? Um, uh, yeah, because the wounds that from her attacking him, I mean, I think it's just the lie that he was there alone and fell as opposed to like, there was some sort of foul play, and someone else was in the house. No, I know what he, I know what he meant, but the fact is that they called, they, 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 I don't know. It just was sloppy, and I was, I was like, Jesus Christ, it annoyed me. Oh uh, well, I mean, I feel like you're going to be taking the Lord's name in vain over and over again moving forward. Probably, probably. Um. So yeah, so that's, and then I guess the next scene is Peter and Amanda again. Yeah, they're um, they're now Peter. Uh, Peter's at uh, boy. Yeah, Peter, I think is now at Amanda's, and um, he doesn't trust Michael, and promises not to desert her, and she like leans on him, literally, leans on him. 
she does. Yeah, yeah. Like, you see what they're doing here. I think even more than earlier this season, since he came back in the picture and bailed Kimberly out right before the bombing, um, they are really, like, going full force into making Peter our male protagonist for the series. He's our hero now. It's really starting now, and we'll stay that way for, I mean, really through the end of the show, though. When Rob Estes comes, they shuffle the deck a bit. But but Peter is now far more of a leading actor on the show than Grant Show and Andrew Shu are. Yeah, they've just kind of been kicked to the curb, those two. They've got, they've got their side stories, but they're rarely driving any episode. They are rarely the A plot. Yeah. yeah. Peter, Peter is, like, always going to be the A plot. Even Michael is sort of backseat in this. It's really... <laughs> All about yeah. Peter. Michael, Michael sort of becomes like the devilish awesome supporting character for for the like the bulk of the back end of the series. But um, but he's always at least doing stuff that's interesting and fun. Um, you know, eventually Billy and Jake's just like keep lifting out. Mm. Well, anyway. Anyway. Anyway, now there's a moment here when Kimberly shows up, so we're going to have to sort of hopscotch Kimberly's storyline because Kimberly yeah. now. We'll come back to that. Like, we can just talk about the Peter and Amanda conversation. Okay. They will be interrupted by Kimberly, and we'll get back to Kimberly. Right. Um... Although, I don't know that there's much more for the Amanda-Peter I conversation. I kind of feel like that might be it. Oh, except that... Um... Except that we're at the hospital. We're going to wrap things up. The very last scene, our Cliffy, yes, as it were, yes. is we're back in the hospital. And um, Amanda is in Jack's room. And he goes in to talk to, uh, Peter goes in to talk to Amanda. And I, I don't know how, well, anyway, the point is, they're in there and Jack flatlines. They get, there's a, they're talking out in the hallway oh, and the there's hallway. a code yes. blue announcement. That's it. It's like paging Dr. Burns, um, patient in room XYZ, whatever it is, 413, I don't know, scenic drive, um, is flatline, whatever he's doing. Um, and so Peter comes into the room with a thousand attendants and Amanda's standing there right in the doorway with a bunch of like people looking in from the hallway, which is kind of weird. Um, as as it looks like we might lose Jack. So that's what I was talking about when we see that look in Amanda's eyes again. Like we just in the beginning. Exactly. It's hope. Yeah. There's hope there. Wishing and hoping. And yes. hoping. And they've and got and they've got him on oxygen and they've got the paddles and they're and they're and they're clearing and they're jumping him like a car. And 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 Peter's yelling, We're losing him, we're losing him, or like a nurse is saying, There's no pulse. There and you know, it's all frantic, and then all of a sudden, they get him back. They bring yeah, him back from there's death. There's a heartbeat. Yeah. And Amanda looks very disappointed. Yeah, dejection city. Yeah, poor Amanda. She was almost through it, you know. Yep. So, I mean, all episode, I kept waiting for her to go into his room and take the pillow and smother him. Right. Didn't happen. No, so you were enjoying the Amanda Jack storyline when we left. Um, given the fall and, and and where the story took its turn, what do you think now? I'm still okay. Okay. 
I'm, I'm still finding it the most interesting of the storylines that we have. So it's, it's sort of giving me life through the, through this season. Um, boy is Antonio Zabato Jr. A terrible actor. Um, I told you they bring these guys in just to make Andrew Shue look better. I they it must be something like that because holy crap! I mean that first scene in the cold open, I was like, wow, this is bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think Antonio Sabato Jr. was even trying, but I also don't think he ever tried throughout his career. Well, no, he's he's just eye candy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And good at that. Yeah, he's very good at being eye candy. He's just very bad when he has to open his mouth. Exactly. God, exactly. ain't that the truth? By the way, did you ever see, and I think I already know the answer to this, in the 80s, a Kevin Costner movie called No Way Out? Very possibly I did. Where he is having an affair with Sean Young, and Sean Young is also having an affair with Gene Hackman, who I believe is a senator. Um, and Gene Hackman comes to her house. They get into a fight, and he ends up pushing her off of the second floor. She falls over the the landing, um, in, takes down the chandelier, and dies upon impact on the floor. So I feel like the Jack Parisi thing is a um, direct copy of that, which itself was a copy from several uh, film noir murders. But... Um, that's what I thought of when I watched this scene 24 years ago and again now. Interesting. Maybe Sean Young in No Way Out, which actually is a pretty decent film. Yeah, and uh, Will Patton was in that too. Yes! Are you looking it up or did you... No, I'm looking it up. I love Will oh, okay. Patton. Yes, theater stalwart Will Patton is among those. Um, I believe the model uh, Iman is also in it. Oh, of course. And there's Kevin Costner shirtless looking at the photos. Yes, um, that's Google images. If it's an 80s film with Kevin Costner, yeah, you're going to see him on full display. My or, God, he's so young. I know. Wow. He looks good now still, but yeah, he really looked good then. But wow, he looks really young. It's like kind of crazy how like this is like he like this is like pre-water world. This is yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> pre-dances with wolves. Pre-dances yeah. with wolves. This is a very young looking Kevin Costner. Hmm. As we all were. As we all were. So, which story should we go? Should we do the Kimberly stuff now? Then. Yeah, let's get Kimberly over with. All right. So, Kimberly was being stalked by an actor paid by Michael and Sydney to resemble Bob, the man that was in her head and caused her to plant Henry. the bomb. Henry. Henry. <laughs> oh my God! I went Twin Peaks on it. Henry, excuse me. Yes, yes, Henry. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. So. As we know, Peter had to run out in the middle of the night to go rescue Amanda. So Kimberly is is awake and making coffee and doesn't know Peter's not there until she finds the note. So now she's alone in Peter's house. And when she looks up and looks outside her window, <laughs> there's Henry. I hope they're paying poor Henry well. Yeah. I mean, they should be giving him extreme danger pay for what he's doing. I know. So he's like creeping on her outside, but it's like he's there 24-7. Like, he has to be. Like, how is he doing that? And, like, Peter doesn't catch him? There's no way for him to know what her routine is, necessarily. So, I feel like he's just always there. He is just always there, and Peter never catches him. I mean, it's it's insane. I really hope he's getting paid well. Yeah, I hope so, too. I'm I'm skeptical, but yeah. So, so she... So, he disappears... As, as one does. And she follows him. She goes outside and she follows him. And it happens to be very muddy. 
And so she follows his, his footprints into the garden and she sees like, like, like the, you know how like when you, when, when it's like mud and your foot sinks in, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that mud looked like a molten chocolate lava cake. There was so, there was so much, there was mud so much for like one, just like one or two blocks worth of walkway though. And not all around it, it like it was post monsoon season. Right. Uh, but yeah, so he was tracking mud back and forth. Um, so but she realizes she says, this, oh, God, she's real. this <laughs> vision of Henry has corporeal form. Yeah. <laughs> and she's kind of happy about that. Yeah, it vindicates her. It does vindicate her to say, like, this man is real. This is a real, yeah. The I'm having visions of is exists in the world. Yes. Right. So... What happens next with Kimberly? She goes and sees, she goes to see Peter at the office, and that's the first time we see Sid, and that's when Sid has an info dump uh, that angers Kimberly. Right. But... So Sid basically is the one who spills the beans to Kimberly, who all this time still doesn't know that Peter is trying to play Dr. Feelgood with her, not because he loves her, but because of his sister. And right. she reminds him of the sister he couldn't save. Um, and all of a sudden, Kimberly feels betrayed, and she won't let on to Sydney that this devastates her, and Sid sees it anyway, and the two of them... And Kimberly's basically like, fuck you, I hate you, but I don't remember what she actually right. says. You just remember she's wearing a lot of denim. Yes, and, and it was cut-off denim, too. Yes, cut-off denim. Cut-off denim. Oh, but we missed we missed my favorite part, when Kimberly called into Dr. Joyce Brothers again. Oh, right, the radio. Yes, yes, Yeah, yes. and Michael is listening in the car again. Oh, that happens before this scene. Yeah. And oh, okay. Kimberly's carving a turkey. I like It was so random. Sure, and, why not? And and she's basically like telling Dr. Joyce Brothers that Michael's a demon and she uses his full name. Yeah, at one point she says she's talking about her ex husband and she or her husband and she calls him Dr. Michael Mancini and and then Michael calls in from his car and Joyce Dr. Joyce Brothers is like, Yes, we have a call from Fred and Michael's <laughs> like, This bitch sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and Kimberly's like, Oh no, that's not Fred, that's my husband. And, um, and, and so she calls him out and then, and then they have, they have this info dump of their relationship and, oh, you tried to kill me. You tried to kill me twice, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And basically Dr. Joyce Brothers tells Michael that he needs therapy. Yeah. She's like, uh, we're going to take you off the radio. And before you go, someone's going to give you the name of someone who can help you, Michael. And once again, we've got a grinning Kimberly vindicated once again. Yeah. This is kind of Kimberly's, you know, day here. Like, this is almost like her rise from the Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, until she goes to Phoenix see Sid. Phoenix rising from the ashes. Yes. Yeah, until she goes to see Sid, and Sid basically lays it on her that Mike, that Peter is not who she thinks he is. And right. So is, is that when the next time we see her is when Kimberly comes to Melrose? Yes. Okay. So that's when it is. So that's when Peter and Amanda are having their conversation as things seem to be moving along with the Jack problem. And they're interrupted by Kimberly at Melrose, which remember with that the arm bracelet tracker she has, she's not supposed to be there. 
Right, right. And so she's like basically standing outside of Amanda's apartment yelling for Amanda. Or yelling for Peter. Peter, sorry. Yeah, it's basically the complete 180 opposite of John Cusack holding the boombox and say anything. Yeah, yeah. But she didn't have a boombox, though that would have been perfect. Right, and she also wasn't professing love. Right. It was anger and hate and betrayal. Right. And so he comes out and tries to talk to her, and she's... She, and, and he's sort of saying, you know, the cops are going to come. You don't want to do, what are you doing? And she doesn't, and she's sort of like, I don't care. I don't care. You lied to me. And then the cops showed up. Fallen. Yeah. And then the cops showed up because her, her bracelet was going off and, and she's like, I don't care if they take me away. I don't want to be anywhere near you. Right. I love when the cops come, they go, is this Dr. Kimberly Shaw? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not really how it would work, but. But okay. yeah, that's that's what happens. And so the whole thing, like Amanda's now out of her apartment, and she is just staring down at the scene below. And and I'm just like, what's going on? There's like this love triangle, but not really. Yeah, not not really. No, Kimberly's like a bratty sister. Odd that I should say sister, given the reason why Peter is devoting himself to her. But yeah, all very very strange. It's like, yes, this was like the longest stretch of episodes in a nighttime soap for someone to, to pine after someone else for it to not eventually, you know, reach relationship status. Right. Like, it's a long time for Kimberly to be, like, that naive about it. Well. Especially, it's Peter and gross. Peter is able to spring her out of jail. Um, and so she's back at home and he basically... Gives it to her straight, I guess. Finally, you know. that. Yeah, he's actually very, um, blasé might not be the right word, but he's very calm. He's very matter-of-fact. Um, he's not letting her emotionally get the better of him, and he tells her a bit more about his sister. Right, and he basically says, like, he's not going to abandon her, and he wants her to be well. Yes. Which I thought was pretty stand-up. Yeah, and he's like, and we'll continue our counseling sessions. Yes, yes. And so I, he disappears, I guess, to go to the hospital to look over Jack. And so now we're at Peter's because Kimberly can't leave. She's got no place else to go. So she's right. like, okay, I'm going to stay. And so she's watching TV. And guess who shows up? Not Bob. Henry. Henry. Henry's there again. Well, now this time she ain't taking it. And so she grabs, I don't know, a broomstick? Yeah, it was either like a mop or a broomstick. Yeah, something. and she just charges him outside <laughs> with this broomstick, and he runs. He runs, and she runs right after and him. And she goes chasing him, and they go to the they chase. She chases him down by the pool where the sprinklers are going off on the grass, and she basically starts whacking him with the broom and kicking the living shit out of him. Yeah, he trips, and once he's on the ground, she's got him, and she pulls off the the fake mustache, and she's like. Who did this? Someone, or she's like, is someone paying you to do this? And he's like, yes. And she goes, it's Michael and Sydney. He goes, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he basically, he, he squealed like a pig. Yeah, he rolled right over. He rolled over. And um, and so basically she's like, you know, but she's thrilled about this. He's, she spills it all. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm free. Like, she is so happy. Because she's not crazy. It proves, yes. It just justifies everything. And they do this this kind of big framing thing where they pull back and they show her with, like, 
all of L.A. behind her in the background. Like, Kimberly is victorious and will, will rule L.A. again. Yes, and she's, like, spinning in the in the sprinklers and, like, that girl. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a wonderful moment. Kimberly is vindicated. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing her next uh, next week, next episode. Yeah, I remember having a lot of fun with these uh, episodes throughout this story. And I think she's worn a lot of shitty costumes, but regardless, Marsha Cross had still looked beautiful throughout all of these episodes. Again, they got some new stylists because everyone's hair is looking good. Um and, and in general, I just think a lot of them um, are looking better than they did in the earlier seasons starting now. Mm, I would agree. I mean, Joe is looking way better. Yeah. Yeah. She's not acting much better. She's still, no. although, I don't know. I think Amanda is queen stupid in this episode. For her smart uh, character, she's making all the wrong choices. But um, but then there's Joe. Yeah. Who at so, least is no longer wearing your tapestries. That's true. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to. Okay. So moving on. Should we, t- should we, should we talk about Matt? Yeah. His dad okay. died. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, we see Matt and his now widowed mom um, coming back from, I guess, his dad's memorial to Matt's apartment. So you're telling me, no one from Melrose Place could even come for Matt's dead dad? Yeah, nobody showed up. And I'm assuming Rhonda wasn't there then either. No, I guess not. Like, she couldn't even make a special appearance. Right? Good lord. So, yeah, it's another completely outlier storyline for Matt. Yeah, and it's basically a lot of, he loved you, we love you... He wanted you to be a doctor. Yeah, well, I'm glad that he knows that you're going to go be a doctor. When did yeah. Matt make the decision that he was going back to medical school? He, uh, as far as I know, hasn't really made that an official decision yet. I didn't think so, but the mom was like, I'm, he's, I'm so happy that he died knowing that you were going to finish medical school. And well, I was like, what? Less of a reach than Amanda was born and raised in Florida and married Jack Parisi. So I but, guess so. So we should be happy about that. But it's funny because we were watching it and both Buttercup and I were like, did Doug Savant hate everyone else on the show? And he's like, I won't film with them. Like, why is he so relegated to these other plots? Like, I'd rather them almost just not use Matt in episodes than to come up with these plots that isolate him from the rest of the action. Yeah, he needs to be part of it. During, during the bombing, he's got a completely lift out storyline with um being framed for the his lover's murder or the the wife's murder. Um, so it's a little weird. It's like, well, we can't integrate the gay character in any storyline, even when sex isn't involved. Right, right. Well, that's what but, they did. But, but there was Matt. <laughs> then there was Matt. So that's that's Matt. We're done there. Um, who's left? I mean, so we've, still got, we've still got Joe, Jake, Richard, Shelley. Oh, God. We can, yeah, we can do this one quick because it's just so stupid. It is so stupid. So uh, Jake and Joe are once again sort of having a hard time being a couple. Yeah, for no real reason. They even they even have a, so Jake gets to Melrose Place that same night Amanda is at Jack's. And he hears Joe upstairs in her apartment with the door open, and Richard is there with her, and they're giggling. And Jake comes up, and she's like, oh, Jake, you're here, or something like that. 
Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go to bed and bye. And and it just is like this thing where it's very uncomfortable, even though nothing was going on between Richard and Joe. He's kind of making a, he's kind of acting a little bit jealous, um, you know, simply. And then we hear it again, like they're just not seeing each other. They keep missing each other. You're right. He, she's always working. Yeah, it's a shitty thing for like this eternal flame couple to just be like flaming out for no reason, but but here we go. But They're we flaming go. out for no reason. Here we go again. They even have a conversation as they reach a detente the morning after, where Joe comes to shooters and and then they both admit how stubborn they are and that they should just give in and like you said communicate better. And it's like well, like they've already acknowledged the smart thing. Usually, stupid characters stay stupid, but they've acknowledged the smart thing. And they're still gonna go back to being stupid. Yeah, and then Shelly walks in, and she's gonna she 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 convinced Jake to buy a computer, and you know she has some words with Joe about the you know teaching Jake to use a computer that's sort of like you know a double entendre, and um, he and 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 Joe isn't taking the bait. Right. Which you know, good for her. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I guess like thank God for Shelley. Jake needed her because Sid was so good with the books, and Sid is gone. So, so he needs her in that room. That is the- true. That is very true. Um, and then I guess the next time, the next time we see them, they they uh, Joe shows up at the at the um, at Shooters, and and it's in full swing, and she's basically says to Jake. We're having a date. I'm taking you to the Rose Bowl. Yes. I've got tickets to the Rose Bowl. Was it the Rose Bowl time? Um, n- no. It because was, they're it, like two months early for that. Yeah. Is there is there a Rose Bowl that, that could be different from the Rose Bowl that we all know? Could it be the Rose Bowl is the location and they were just there for another event? Could it be that there was a game there that they went to and that's why they were like hot dogs and beers? Well, it had to have been a game because they were saying hot dogs and beers, but they were like the Rose Bowl. So the Rose Bowl is in Pasadena, right? Is that the name of like the venue itself? I thought it was the name of the, to the event. I thought it was the name of the event. Hmm. But, I mean, you know, I'm not exactly sporty, so, I, you know, don't take my word. Well, let's see. I, let's no, I can take your words. I'm, I'm going to look this up. When I type in Rose Bowl. Okay, there is a stadium. And in so, I guess, were they, with, did the Dodgers play there or something? But then it's also a game. The Rose Bowl is, I think, the location and the Rose Bowl that happens in the like January of every year takes place at the Rose Bowl. Oh, they call it the Rose Bowl. I guess it's making sense to me, even if I can't. Okay, yes, the Rose Bowl is an American outdoor athletic stadium located in Pasadena. Blah blah blah. The 15th largest stadium in the world, the largest, the 10th largest NCAA stadium. So maybe they were going to see a basketball game. It's a football stadium, sweetie. Well. (laughs) Maybe they were going to see a football game that wasn't the football game we associate with the Rose Bowl. No, no, no. But if it's the 10th largest NCAA stadium, that's basketball. 
So I don't know if they can play in the lobby. I don't really NCAA know. is National College Athletic Association. It's uh, not basketball uh, specific. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, that's why. <laughs> so you are sporty. Uh, <laughs> I am sportier than you, apparently. <laughs> I thought I was so smart seeing NCAA and going, oh, basketball. So, all right, then they went to see a football game, and it was November, and it makes sense. Okay. I just didn't realize that you could call the Rose Bowl the Rose Bowl without it actually being the Rose Bowl. And I guess you can. And apparently you can. See, you do learn things from Melrose Place. Yeah, not much, but something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so so Jake is like, sure, let me just tell Shelly to watch the place. He trusts her an awful lot for somebody he's known for two weeks. Well, she was married to Jess, so what's not to trust there? Well, exactly. And so he's like, okay, bye, I'm going on a date. And she looks pretty put out. Yeah, she's like, don't you want to know how to use the internet to keep the books or something like that? Yeah, and he's like, no, not really. Yeah. 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 Which seems very Jake to me. And that's it, really. Yeah, so there's one storyline we haven't talked about, and it's also dumb. Which one is that? Um, Allison, Billy, Brooke, Haley. You know, I'm kind of enjoying the Haley-Allison thing. Oh, I'm I'm so in for it. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, yes. This one is, it's like really like, I'm really warming to it, except that it is such a classic case of insta-love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, they've just barely gotten together for the first time, and it's already like they're in love. And now they had to sort of mention this thing that they had first gotten together um, out of their their uh, out of a desire to to screw up Brooke and Billy's relationship, but I don't remember that being a thing. Um. Well, I think the first time he invited her on the boat, that was why, and then he realized he actually liked her. Okay. Because when, because he, you know, they sort of like, that was kind of something that they threw out there. Like, oh, I know that we got together um, because we were both mutually trying to damage the relationship between Brooke and Billy. It wasn't that severe. And it also wasn't, it was more one-sided than that because it was really Haley had Allison over to try and talk about how he decided he hated Billy. And that's when she was like, you know what? This is weird. I'm going to leave. And that's when she fell into the water. Right. That's what I thought. And then he like it kind of rescued They didn't that. actually like get together to connive a breakup scheme or anything. Right. I thought so. It was definitely overstated. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So they're at um, Haley's having dinner and it's the four of them. So it's Billy and Brooke and Haley and Allison. And it basically is a we're having dinner with you kids. To let you kids know, you know, that we're going to be dating and we hope you're comfortable with that. But I mean, why wouldn't they be, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the idea of Billy and Allison potentially becoming in-laws, no. No, no. What's what's the problem there? Right. And um, and so, you know, Billy's like... Predictably, like, petulant and, like, fakes that she's happy for them in the way possible, yeah. And Billy's like, I just want you to be happy. Yeah. I just want you to be happy, Allison. Yeah, and Allison, you know, without saying a word, is like, well, I'm happy that you're not Antonio Sabato Jr. saying these lines to me. <laughs> At least there's that. <laughs> 
And he's like, Billy's like, well, I'm not going to stand in the way of, of you, I, of, of your happiness. And, and I, I'll, I will still want to be your friend. Right. And, um, Brooke doesn't seem really happy about that either. No. And then she's like, it's early. We got, it's late. We got to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. And so they leave and Allison's upset because she hurt, she says she hurt Billy. And I'm like, but, but, but. Yeah, it's like, but Billy's an asshole and Billy married Brooks, so just grab the brass ring and move on. Yeah, and I'm just kind of like, why do you want to keep these people in your life? And I don't know, it was all very weird. And then, you know, basically Haley and Allison are like, I love you, I love you. And that's when I was like, oh my God, insta-love. And while I'm enjoying the storyline, it's kind of crazy how quickly they've fallen in love with each other. Yes, they have rushed into it, but I really like it. And it's nice... It's nice where Allison can just be happy. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully he doesn't screw her over. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now we're going to be at um, Brooke, Brooke and Billy's apartment. And, um, you know, Billy's mooning in the bathroom mirror while Brooke is whining in the bed. And I'm kind of like, how is Billy hurt by this? Like, he just seems so hurt. Yeah, he does seem, like, deflated. Yeah. Yeah, and so basically, like, you know, they make, they start making out, and he, and, you know, it's, one thing is going to lead to another, and Billy's like, oh, go put in your diaphragm. Remember those? You probably don't. You were so young back then. What? Do you remember diaphragms? Yeah, and I remember every, every TV show had a character who had to, like, put her diaphragm in. Crazy back then, right? Yes. And so she goes in the bathroom and she takes it out. Like an app that can do the same thing. Yeah. She takes it out and she just stands there and looks at it and then she puts it away. Yep. Brooke has other plans. She's going to have an entrapment baby. That's right. That's right. But you know what? Like she didn't like wash her hands. She didn't run the water. No. She didn't really fake it. She just sort of zhuzhed her hair out but Again, she's just going back to Billy, who isn't going to notice anything. Right. I mean, because it's like, that's not how that works. Right. Right. It's not not like you just took a pill or even that would require water. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. That's not how a diaphragm works. No. So, um, so we're going to have an entrapment baby at some point, I think, on Melrose Place. Yeah. And that's always fun. And then the only other thing that happens is Haley invites Allison to leave Melrose and move in with him. And so, of course, Billy and Brooke see her with her one suitcase leaving the apartment. And she has to tell them that she's moving into Brooke's old home. Yeah, and Brooke is really upset about this. And she looks Shocker. at Billy. And she's like, she's moving into my house. And Billy's like, that's not your house. Yeah. You know, but the voice of reason over there. That's not your house anymore, Brooke. And so now I think he's beginning to wonder, really, what he got himself into when he married this woman. Yeah, I mean, he's always, he always looks more amused than Allison does when Brooke says something stupid or has her ass handed to her. (laughs) Which is a lot. I mean, Brooke is really being stupid. Yeah. You know, I mean, she got what she wanted with Billy. She didn't get what she wanted with her mother's money, whatever that was about. Um... You know, but she basically got everything she wanted. So now she's on a mission to, like, destroy Allison? Uh, Yeah, I mean, well, now Allison stands 
in the way of like both her really having Billy's true love and really having her dad on her side. So Allison just represents like cock blocking is the wrong word, but it's basically the same thing. Like without doing anything wrong and Brooke doing all the wrong things, Allison is her foil. So, so she hates Allison. Got it. But I don't know, Brooke, what to tell you, you created this. Brooke did create this. I am so tired of her. Well, you're not rid of her yet, so so keep rolling your eyes. Oh, they're going to be... The, the, I'm just. I'm probably going to go blind from rolling them yeah, so much. Roll right out of the socket. Mm-hmm. I did notice Kristen Davis is in a new Netflix movie. Oh, really? That sounds like... Um, like a Lifetime or a Hallmark Christmas movie, like Netflix oh. is trying to move into that territory. You mean you mean like it's not The Irishman? <laughs> and I'm very tempted to watch it just to see if it's still if it holds true that I just don't like her as an actor. My prediction is you will still hate her. I'm that is my prediction too, but I need to sort of sit down and watch it to see if that's true. Hmm. Now I'm intrigued. Um, I will stop. Right. <laughs> So I think the only scene that we missed was like the one second Jane scene with Jane and Allison jogging. Yeah, when Jane and and I think that's after Allison and Haley uh, open up about their love to Billy and Brooke. And that's when Jane's version is she's upset about Richard calling off the engagement. And she's like, I'm sorry, I know I don't love him, but I know this relationship would be good for me. And it's not over yet. And it's like, Jane, shut up. She says, I can learn to love him. Yeah. And Allison was kind of like, well, I don't really know what that's about, but I won't say anything. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. she's like, well, I won't say anything, mostly (laughs) because I don't understand what you're talking about. So, um, so yeah, and so Jane basically, like, laid into Joe, like, told Allison, like, what a terrible person Joe was for doing what she did. Yeah, and they didn't say it, but... They should have had Allison be like, well, it's probably not as bad as showing up drunk and hungover for her custody hearing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. She kind of doesn't have, uh, you know, (laughs) she shouldn't be throwing stones at poor Joe. No. 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 So that's it. That's the episode. That was the episode. I will say, I mean, if you don't like the storylines, they are what they are and they don't change. But... I kind of liked everything that happened, at least in this episode, in terms of how they worked in service of these storylines and pushed them along. Right. Well, will Jack Parisi survive? We don't know. It's, a, it's an excellent question. Um, will Amanda and Peter get back together? I think yes. Will Kimberly Collins to Dr. Joyce Brothers again? Perhaps. Mayhaps. Mayhaps. Will we see more Sid? I hope so, but probably not. I don't know that. So I'm going to go on a limb and say we get her in at least two scenes next week. Will we see more Matt? Uh, my guess is probably no. No, Matt, Matt, I, I agree with you, though. Oh, Matt. Oh, Matt. Poor Matt. Poor Matt. So that was Dial M for Melrose. Yep, and now we're going to dial on over to Hollywood Boulevard. We're going to dial HB for Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, let us know what you thought and let us know what you're thinking about these storylines as they move along. And um, the, is the Kristen Davis Netflix movie available yet on Netflix? I believe it is. Because maybe at some point we do a watch and uh, do an app on it. 
Okay, I think that we might need to do that. And if any of you listeners have happened to see it or are planning to see it, uh, give us your own review and let us know, and we can uh, wrap back around to that. Absolutely. But until then, come visit us um, on, on our Facebook page. I'm back on the blog pod. And um, come follow us to Hollywood Boulevard, eh? Yeah, we'll see you over there. Bye. Bye.